the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. The here being South Carolina, specifically Greenville. I was in Maryland yesterday, and hundreds of thousands of people caught me on the Tim Pool podcast, which is apparently extremely popular, especially among young people. It was actually my own son who had told me about it, and it turns out to be true. Hundreds of thousands saw it. If you are trying to introduce me and my ideas to young people, that would be an ideal format to do so. My, uh, it's a two-hour, truly extended dialogue with Tim Pool, his comrades there uh, in uh, the, at the Maryland uh, in Maryland at his compound, as it were. And you can just go to a Timcast, or I guess you could do Timcast Prager, and it might come up directly. But it is again, we're always looking for ways to have younger people hear what people like me have to say. And this is a, a great opportunity with uh, with Tim Pool. Again, it's Tim Cast, taking his first name and podcast, Tim Cast. So that brought me to the East, and then I'm here in Greenville for an event tonight for my local station, 94.5 The Answer. And I head home to L.A. tomorrow. To the best of my knowledge, I will not be flying anywhere next week. I don't know how I will react. It's uh, it's a shock to my system. In fact, my car on occasion has been known to drive on its own to Los Angeles Airport to LAX. So it, it is. Uh, so we don't know why. But apparently, even inanimate objects are creatures of habit. So, I don't, I don't know how I'll handle next week. Anyway, it is uh, good to be with you. I checked in with my rental car dealer, uh, dealership here in, uh, in Greenville, South Carolina, this morning. And, of course, loving to talk to strangers, uh, I began to talk to this woman, middle-aged woman, who was there, she and a young man, they were both extraordinarily friendly. In fact, so far, everybody's been so extraordinarily friendly that I knew I was uh, not in a uh, in a liberal city. 
so the woman at the counter was extremely friendly, and I told her something, I don't know, about, I guess I said something to the effect, was well, a lot of people, I'm from California, I know a lot of people are moving here from California, and she said, oh yeah, and, and especially from New York. But uh, we we just pray that they don't bring their val not values their politics. She didn't say values, and it, it was hilarious. And of course, that is exactly the point when conservatives lament unrestricted immigration. It, it it's not an ethnic issue. Are South Carolinians fearful of a lot of people from coming from New York because of ethnicity or race? Of course not. The people moving to South Carolina from New York City are overwhelmingly white people. It has nothing to do with it. It's what what values do you bring with you? If there were a place anywhere on earth which shared American conservatives' values that like you know, real radical ones like get married before you have a child and certainly a belief in small government and self-reliance and the sanctity of the individual, et cetera, et cetera, if whatever their race, conservatives would be delighted to have them come in to the United States. The issue is a values issue. The opposition to New Yorkers moving to South Carolina or Florida or wherever it might be is the proof of the matter. It's, it's a, I, I can't think of uh, any any uh, any other reason. Obviously, I got a Starbucks, and the young guy—I I must have been twenty—was so just so cheerful and friendly. I gave him five dollars and told him, "You know, you just you just been so friendly." I think he reacted, I I can't tell for certain, but I think he reacted like, is this guy kidding? I'm just acted normally. (laughs) I don't know if people value, they don't. Human nature is not to value what you have. That's the whole essence of the left. They don't value what they have in America. They have it so good they're bored out of their minds. Well, anyway, welcome to the show here. Abortion group declares, this is from, uh, let's see, Mediaite. And is it taken, is it taken from the Washington Times? Uh, tough call, media. Well, it's from Mediaite. Anyway, abortion group declares open season on pro-lifers, warns next protests won't be as, quote, easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. The pro-abortion group Jane's Revenge is declaring open season, unquote, on pro-life groups and crisis pregnancy centers. The group has a history of damaging property during their protests, and they took credit for the vandalization of a pregnancy resource center in Des Moines, Iowa, earlier this month. To uh, say that these people are warped is to understate the case. To think that people who 
take in pregnant women and treat them with with love and kindness and advocate that they give birth to the baby and if they want to keep the baby to keep it and if they would like there is some loving couple who would ache to adopt that child uh, that's considered hate in the sick world of the left a pregnancy center that does what I just described is considered a, a hate-filled place. In a message posted to social media, the group said they broke windows and left graffiti political messages all over the clinic. It was easy and fun, the message read. I think that that is critical to understanding a lot of the violent protesters and protesters in general of the last two years on the left. It's fun. Their meaningless lives are given meaning and excitement, all the yummy things of life, meaning, excitement, fun, by demonstrating and sometimes doing so violently. In a new message from the group, they are promising to up their attacks, giving an ultimatum to clinics that provide services meant to act as an alternative to abortion. So you understand these groups is really, really important to understand. These groups are not pro-choice, they're pro-abortion. It's a very big difference. One could say, whether or not it's true, one can say, and it can make sense, that they are against abortion but pro-choice. In other words, morally, one should not have an abortion except for rare instances of exceptions I won't get into now, but overwhelmingly one should not. However, they are not prepared to ban it by law. Okay, fine. I've always drawn a distinction between legal and moral. But these groups, they are they are not pro-choice. They are pro-abortion. It For them, abortion is a moral good. Not a moral choice, a moral good. The group says a 30-day clock given to the pro t- to their protests has expired, and now all must close up shop or face vaguely violent consequences, saying the next demonstrations, quote, may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. This is their message. Your 30 days expired yesterday. We offered an honorable way out. You could have walked away. Now the leash is off, and we will make it as hard as possible for your campaign of oppression to continue. I'm stopping because I'm reflecting on the the bastardization of language. Their campaign of oppression... Inflation is at a 40-year high. You know it, and you feel it every day. We're paying considerably more for gas, groceries, and really just about everything. Take charge of your money right now. Use the equity in your home to consolidate debt and lower your monthly expenses. These impressive men, Andrew and Todd, at andrewandtodd.com, know what you're going through. Andrew and Todd aren't brokers, they're bankers who handle your refi loan personally from start to finish 
and they're always in your corner. Visit andrewandtodd.com to beat inflation by lowering your monthly expenses and protect your greatest asset, your home. Andrew and Todd at Sierra Pacific Mortgage share your values. I trust them. That's why I work with them. Get started now. Go to andrewandtodd.com for a quick mortgage checkup. No obligations. Use the equity in your home before it's too late. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. So I'm reading to you about this group that hates people who help women who are pregnant reconsider having an abortion. So here is their, their note. We will make it as hard as possible for your campaign of oppression to continue. Oppression. There is no word that the left will not rape. There is none. It is, that is what Orwell is about. Language doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Any value that makes civilization possible the left, not liberals, the left despises. Liberals believe in Western civilization, but they vote for those who don't. So that's, that's, the, that's the tragedy of our time. Liberals do not have the courage to vote their convictions. We will make it as hard as possible for your campaign of oppression. Woman comes to them and they tell her of her options, and that's oppression. We have demonstrated in the past month how easy and fun it is to attack. Well, that's an act of honesty. They find it fun. The meaningless lives of these people are filled. This is fun. It's like a video game attacking uh, a pro-life center. We are versatile. We are mercurial. And we answer to no one but ourselves. Another rare moment of honesty. That is correct. They answer to no one but themselves. That's right. That's the essence of leftism versus the conservative mindset, which is you answer to God. That's right. You don't have to be religious as such. You don't have to be an active Jew or Christian to believe that you answer for your behavior to God. So they they answer to no one but themselves. God, is that true? God, is that true? We promise to take increasingly drastic measures against oppressive infrastructures. A pro-life center is an oppressive infrastructure. Rest assured, we will, and those measures may not come in the form of something as easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Any anti-choice group, this is from the article, that closes its doors will not be targeted, the group said. What does it mean, anti-choice? I don't understand. Are they depriving the women who come to their centers of choice? Again, it's the rape of language. But they encouraged all with the, quote, urge to paint, to burn, to cut, to jam, 
unquote, to join their cause to presumably take care of those who do not comply. From here forward, any anti-choice group who closes their doors and stops operating will no longer be a target. That's really beautiful. If you cease to exist, you will not be a target. Awesome. An awesome offer. But until you do, it's open season, and we know where your operations are. The infrastructure of the enslavers will not survive. Enslavers. (laughs) The rape of language continues. I think it's important for uh, these institutions, the pro-life centers, think they need to raise funds to have armed guards situated there and uh, to protect them against the uh, the low lifes we will never stop back down slow down or retreat they said these are people whose lives are so bored and empty they are looking for a cause i'll bet you that the number of married people in that group, is a tiny percentage. These are lost souls with no normal human bonds. Meaning comes from live video games. This is just a live video game. And for the allies of ours who doubt the authenticity of the communiques and actions, there is a way you can get irrefutable proof that these actions are real. Go do one of your own. You are already one of us. Everyone with the urge to paint, to burn, to cut, to jam, now is the time. Wow. So uh, is there going to be any Department of Justice inquiry into this group that promises violence against the nonviolent? Imagine if this were done from the right, we would be hearing from the president about the great threat to America coming from right-wing white supremacist terrorists, correct? The statement from Jane's Revenge is further proof debate around abortion is growing increasingly violent. No, it is. It's violent on one side. Since an opinion draft leaked from the Supreme Court suggested Roe v. Wade could potentially be overturned. Since then, protesters have targeted the homes of Supreme Court justices, with one pro-choice group having their demonstration map removed by Google as it doxed multiple justices. A man was also recently arrested outside the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, informing police when he was arrested that he intended to kill the conservative judge. Let me state the obvious. Vast numbers of Americans who are pro-choice, who who are, in fact, just on the left, would love to see a conservative Supreme Court justice murdered. That way, the left can appoint the next one. There is no doubt in my mind. There is no doubt in any of your minds that that is true. 1-8 Prager 776. 
The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Hey everybody, Dennis Prager here. Interesting reactions to, uh, you can see them on YouTube, but here are two that my producer sent to me. I'm in South Carolina. Last night I was in Maryland with the, uh, on the Tim Pool podcast, which is widely listened to by young people. Here are two interesting reactions because you can react as it happens on YouTube. So here's one from the supercar. Zero one, coming from one of the Tim cast. That's the name of of the Tim Pool broadcast or podcast. The Tim cast viewers who was indoctrinated to dislike you. That's you, Dennis Prager, and your videos. Last night's podcast really shined a light to how open minded and understanding you really are. As a general rule, you have to be indoctrinated into hate and incoherence to hate me. Uh, You can differ with me, that's true. But the the hatred of of people on the left are the indoctrinated. I mean, there are websites that are uh, devoted to hating me. It doesn't bother me in the least. Personally, it bothers me for the society that we produce such people. There's one called that mocks me uh, as uh, with the constant refrain that uh, I am urine. You realize we're talking about grown people, almost all male, I presume, who think like a three-year-old, like a four-year-old. It's a crisis in this country, the number of nothings that we are producing, all all a result of the left and their policies and what they say. So that that was that was why I thought it would be important to go on his show, because he has a variety of young people listening. But this guy acknowledged he was indoctrinated into disliking me and my views, to his credit, of course. Here's another one, Jordanus. I've never actually listened to this man until tonight, 
I think I may have misjudged him. Really damn good show, guys. Keep it up. Why are you laughing, Sean? Yes, it is. He thinks it's funny the way people have built me up in their minds. It would be funny. I know what you mean. I I totally get it. When I when I think of it, the amount of hatred from scum like uh, media matters. And these these truly these nothings who make a living attacking decent people like me, which is fine. Actually, they spread my gospel, as it were. They spread my ideas, but uh, it it is it is a bad sign for society to create what is called in Judaism gratuitous hatred. So as many of you know, I studied in yeshiva, that's intense uh, religious Jewish education, until I was 19. And everyone who studies uh, Judaism knows that the ancient Jewish explanation for why the Jewish state and temple were destroyed is in Hebrew, sinat chinam, which means in English, gratuitous hatred. That the reason for this horrible tragedy of the destruction of their sovereign country and their beloved temple was that Jews hated one another for no good reason. America will be destroyed because of left-wing hatred. Like the hatred of the groups that I just read to you about. That's a perfect example of gratuitous hatred. See, I, I'm not against all hatred. If you if you hate evil, that's that. You know, I, in, in fact, there's a biblical verse: if you love God, you must hate evil. It's a commandment. So, the but the hatred of the left against people who have clinics for pregnant women to try to lovingly have them give birth to the child that they're carrying. I mean, to to hate them, that's gratuitous hatred. So this is a very important subject. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch. I didn't know what I was getting. I was testing it out to see if I could endorse this company. Am I going to drop calls, have slow internet? Well, I can tell you firsthand the 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. If you've been sitting on the fence, time to take the leap and start saving money every month, just dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. Dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager. Sign up and save an additional 50% your first month. Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager here in South Carolina for an event this evening. Here in Greenville, I understand why a lot of people are moving to South Carolina. It's a breath of fresh air. 
Interesting piece by the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, the Republican who flipped South Texas. After winning Tuesday's special election in Texas, Myra Flores will soon become America's first Mexican-born congresswoman. And by the way, she's a Republican who's married to a Border Patrol agent. Can't think of a bigger nightmare to the haters of the left. What a great American story, plus another piece of evidence that Democrats won't win the future on demographics alone. The 34th District is in South Texas, the the Rio Grande Valley, where the GOP GOP has made many inroads. Some news reports say this swath of the Lone Star State hasn't been represented in the House by a Republican since 1870 before I was born. Democratic Representative Philemon Vela held the seat for years, winning in 2020 by 14 points before resigning to join a lobbying firm. Ms. Flores will serve out the rest of his term, and it doesn't sound like she won by triangulating to the center. Washington liberals are killing the American dream, attacking oil and gas jobs, and causing prices to skyrocket, she says in her ads. We must secure our borders and keep our families safe. She describes herself as pro-life and promises to defend religious liberty. As of the latest results, she won outright with 51% of the vote in a four-way race. Wow. So let me understand. The Democrat who's there now won by 14 points two years ago, and now a Republican won? This is the this is the nightmare of the left, that Hispanics not buy left-wing hate of America, that they actually appreciate this country, that you appreciate this country, you're not on the left by by definition. So that she is a, she is truly a nightmare. Today's Democratic Party is increasingly out of step with many Hispanic voters. You know, I I really do believe, although I I am convinced that a minority of Latinos are aware of this. Nevertheless, the minority that is aware of it, I think they find it. Absurd to the point of, of ridicule of Latinos. That the New York Times, for example, doesn't say Latino, it says Latinx. They, they don't like the fact that Spanish has masculine and feminine nouns, Latino and Latina. So they do Latinx. Gives you an idea of the, the low state intellectually and morally of the New York Times that they actually do that. They characterize religious liberty arguments as bigotry in disguise. That is the Democrats. They want no restrictions on abortion. They see oil and gas jobs as a threat to the climate. The more President Biden defers to the left, to the leftmost elements of his party, the better the opportunity for Republicans to make substantive gains among Latinos. 
Perhaps Mr. Flores's, excuse me, Ms. Ms. Flores's victory will cause a few more Democratic South Texans to reconsider the GOP. A note of caution is that special elections aren't always harbingers. The current tally says about 30,000 voters turned out, compared with more than 200,000 in 2020. Well, so that's seven times the number, six, six point, six, six to be precise. Ms. Flores will have her work cut out for her to keep her seat in November. That election will take place under a revised map that makes the district more Democratic. Ms. Flores will face incumbent Representative Vicente Gonzalez, who currently holds the neighboring 15th district. She will need to work hard these next five months to prove herself. But whatever happens, her win Tuesday already proves that the GOP can compete for her constituents. This is a very big deal. Obviously, we'll see how big it is in uh, in November, the uh, Democrats do nothing good for Latinos. They do nothing good for blacks. They do nothing good for any of the groups that support them. Women, Jews, you name it. It is, it is all based on hatred of the right. Like those two comments on my appearance last night. Um, the Tim Pool podcast, the Timcast as it's known. Wow, this is not the guy that was depicted to me. That's right. I'm not the guy depicted to you by the left. But if they don't depict people like me as awful, you might actually hear us. That's their biggest fear. That's the reason they engage in the suppression of free speech. You might hear us. This is from the Washington Post. Most Americans oppose trans athletes in female sports, poll finds. But before you celebrate, if you find the poll accurate, and it might might well be, 55% of Americans opposed to allowing transgender women and girls to compete with other women, in other words, biological men in sports, 58% opposed to it for college and professional sports. But three in ten Americans said it was a good thing. One out of every three Americans. That's disturbing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Coming to you from Greenville, South Carolina, where a lot of people are moving. South Carolina, that is not specifically Greenville, but Greenville included, presumably. I know two people, which is a lot, but I personally know two people from L.A. who have moved in the last couple of years to South Carolina. Had you told them this a few years ago, they would have thought you're out of your mind. I don't know if either of them had even been to South Carolina prior to their moving there or or thinking about moving there. But I totally understand why one would the friendliness and openness of the people and the traditional values which are good for everybody. Either a value is universal, 
or it's not worth it for any group. I don't understand the idea of a value being good only for one group. It's it's an absurdity, whether right or left. It's just an absurdity. That you should get married before having children is not good for, or is good for whites, but but not good for non-whites. That you should work hard. And all these values that are dismissed by the left as white supremacist values, uh, it is an amazing thing since so many of them are wonderful for non-whites. Work hard, be punctual, take responsibility for your life. Remember that, that listing of white supremacist values at the, a black museum in, in Washington, D.C.? They took it down because uh, it, it, it made them look stupid, it made them look anti-black. So the values, when I say traditional American values, they're good for everybody. They're dismissed as white supremacist because the left hates traditional American values. That's that's the whole point. In a, in a week or so, I'm going to start reading you excerpts from the war against the West. A truly significant book, Douglas Murray. I I mesmerized mesmerized by it. Last night I was on a broadcast as a podcast that a lot of young people listen to. In fact, a quarter of a million viewers while it was happening. You could see that on YouTube. You should watch it, but most importantly, you should get a young person you know to watch it. Because here I am interviewed by relatively young people, and it is a popular, popular podcast among young people. And the reactions were remarkable, just remarkable. Well, why did you say, Sean, what was the number and then the number of likes? But what people wrote was particularly dramatic. Oh, wow. How many? 29,000 likes. Wow. I don't, didn't know that many people would like me. <laughs> For some stupid reason, uh, and I really think it's stupid, YouTube doesn't allow dislikes. I think they should allow it. I think it, it, it tells you a lot, not about what you're watching. It tells you a lot about the people who are watching. Might be a good thing it tells you about them. But uh, we don't want to offend anybody. We live in the age of weakening and weakening of the American character. So uh, go to the TimCast. That's what it's called, Tim Tim Pool's podcast. Go to TimCast and on YouTube and check out what I did last night. But send it to any young person you know. That uh, it'll be revelatory for many of them. FDA approves COVID vaccines in children aged six months to five years. If this doesn't breed contempt in you for the FDA, nothing will. The left destroys everything it touches, and that includes the entire medical establishment. COVID vaccines for the youngest Americans could be rolled out in a matter of days after the Food and Drug Administration recommended approving both the Moderna and Pfizer shots 
despite some experts warning that they are not needed for children under the age of five. On Wednesday, yesterday, members of the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, the Verbukpikipak, convened, debated whether the benefits of Moderna and Pfizer outweigh the risks for America's 18 million under fives. They gave the green light for both vaccines. Formal authorization should follow quickly with the first shots in arms expected by next week. Quote, this recommendation does fill a significant unmet need for a really ignored younger population, said Michael Nelson, a professor of medicine at the University of Virginia. One of the 21 experts who unanimously said the benefits of the Moderna vaccine outweigh the risks. For children under five? So listen to the statistics. Some scientists have warned that children between the ages of six months and five years face a vanishingly small risk of dying from COVID. And there is little demand for the shots. Under fives account for just 0.05% of America's more than a million COVID deaths. That's, That's not... Half a percent, folks. That's a twentieth of a percent. <laughs> you would give your child a vaccine against something that point oh five percent of under fives die from? You would actually vaccinate your child? I can only say I feel bad for your child. They account for under 0.05% of America's more than a million COVID deaths, while nationally less than a third of 5 to 11-year-olds who are eligible for two doses have gotten the shots. Well, that's a nice statistic. I mean, two-thirds of American parents realize there is a greater risk in getting the shot than in not getting the shot. If all shots are approved, it is thought the U.S. would become the first country to offer shots against the pandemic virus for children under two years old. It gives you an idea of the rot in every elite institution in America. We would be the first country in the world to put children at risk deliberately in the name of science. That is a very, very distressing sentence. By far the most distressing sentence in in this article in the Daily Mail. The U.S. would become the first country to offer shots against the virus for children under two. Are you proud of that? Do you not understand now why some of us have come to the conclusion, quite belatedly, by the way, I never thought this way until the last two years, the moral and scientific corruption at the NIH, CDC, and FDA, the AMA I knew about, American Medical Association, 
just another left-wing organization. They might as well rename it the ACLU. I don't tell you these things to despair. I tell you these things to fight, and so you be informed. The left ruins everything it touches, and it includes the sciences. And it is worse in America than almost anywhere else. Europeans are disgusted with the exporting of left-wing values. The French announced how awful the values coming from America are, and they're right. This is said by an America-loving guy. Thinks that America has the American values of the finest ever devised. Liberty and God we trust, e pluribus unum. But I'm not going to live in fantasy land. That's an amazing statistic. China and, and, and Chile offering the shots to everyone over the age of three for us six months. Wow. I'll name some names when we return. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show, 18 Prager 776. The Dennis Prager Show. Hey, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Reading to you from the Daily Mail piece on America alone on Earth authorizing the so-called vaccine. I say so-called because it's not a vaccine. I, I, it's, it, I don't know what exactly the term should be, but it's not a vaccine. It's not meant even as an attack. It's just It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you why I say so-called. The first country in the world to advocate where its science establishment advocates that children under five get the vaccine. You're uh, an unfit parent if you give your child the vaccine unless they are at some particular risk that necessitates it. Dr. Paul Offit, O-F-F-I-T, a pediatrician who sits on the committee, said the benefits of the jab, quote, outweigh, unquote, the risks among youngsters. Really? When one-twentieth of one percent of the deaths of COVID are to children under five, it's infinitesimally small. So, we go on. There has been pressure. This is an important line in the article. There has been pressure to get COVID vaccines approved for even the youngest children for months, especially from sections of the left-wing media. This is not a right-wing source, the Daily Mail. I know it because of the times they've attacked me. Earlier this year, the yes. Now, why is it, by the way, that not worthy of exploration. Why does the left wing want children under five vaccinated? You would that. What does that have to do with politics? Right. It's not a political issue. It's a very interesting. It's one of the most important questions you can ask in understanding the left right difference. Why do people on the left believe that children under five should get vaccinated, and people on the right think that that is a form of child abuse? That's a pretty radical difference between the two. Why does it happen? 
It has nothing to do with equality. It has nothing to do with race. has nothing to do with gender. All the big issues for the left, theoretically. has nothing to do with climate change. It's an interesting question, no? Since it has nothing to do with anything that we think of the left standing for. It's nothing to do with guns. So why the difference? I'd like you to think about that. In fact, I will clear some lines in a moment. Can't do it immediately because I have to talk to you. But I will clear. I'm very curious to hear your explanations. I don't care if you're left, right, neither. This is worthy of a lot of attention. Why would leftists support vaccinating children under five to six months of age? And rightists think that is a despicable, idiotic, anti-science, anti-child thing to do. You can't, there is no issue, let me put it this way, there is no issue that divides left and right with a greater gap, not guns, not abortion, not, not, Race, nothing. That is a greater division. There are some that may be tied. Abortion may be tied. Than this issue. But since it has nothing to do with any of the push-button issues of the left, you have to wonder. Since I I have every reason to assume that both right-wing and left-wing parents love their children equally, children under five. That makes the question all the more remarkable. One of them is out of their minds. Either the right-wing parents are really, really, really hurting their children by not vaccinating them against the recommendations of all these leading scientists, or the left-wing are really potentially hurting their children by listening to these scientists. This is a huge issue. This is huge. You can't avoid it. Either our science establishment stinks or I stink. Get it? One of it, one of, you can't have them both right. I love clarity, right? Either I'm giving you garbage that's hurting your children or the science establishment is giving you garbage that might hurt your children, correct? One of us is potentially really hurting your children. That's a biggie. And by me, I don't just mean me. I mean basically the entire conservative world. We, f- we have contempt for the FDA, CDC, and NIH. Contempt. Get it? That's a big deal. Does that mean every doctor affiliated with them is worthless? No. But the sum total is bad, and they've hurt people terribly. This is a really big issue, not because of the issue. It's not, not just the issue. It's what it means that is so big. By the way, I am not even certain I have the complete explanation. That is how serious this question is. Why do left-wing sources believe you should give a six-month-old this vaccine? Why do they believe that? And, And why don't we? As I said, I'm going to clear some lines. I'm really curious... Call in starting in a minute with your theories. I have some. I will share them with you. 
But I'd like you to pose this question to your, if you're conservative, I'd like you to pose this to uh, your left-wing, you know, brother-in-law. It's always the brother-in-law. And in, in a sweet way, say, you know, it's a really interesting division. Left-wing media believe you should give the vaccine to six months old. We think that that is, is horrible. Why, why do you think this difference exists? Well, I will give you some of my theories, and I will be listening to some of yours. 1-8-Prager-776. Hi, everybody. Third hour of the Dennis Prager Show today, coming to you from South Carolina. And I won't be on tomorrow because I will be flying back. I'm doing something that I do periodically for stations that carry my show. Let's try to help them out by making an appearance. Mike Gallagher and I here tonight in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't get uh, here often, so if you are within an hour or two or three of Greenville, just go to 945theanswer.com and you can see the details about Mike and me tonight here uh, in Greenville. Always fun to be with Mike. We do our, I do my trips to Israel with him. He's a good man. All right. So given that I won't be on tomorrow as I am flying back, and let me just do a shout-out here for Carl Jackson, who will be sitting in for me. He's a... Oh, it's Bob France tomorrow. Wait, wasn't it Bob France yesterday? Oh, it was Carl yesterday. Well, so a Carl. Good, so I'm happy. Sorry? Carl did? Yeah, he's terrific. Carl Jackson is is a gem. So is Bob France. This is a big deal. By the way, later on in the uh, the year, on many occasions where I won't be on, and some others as well, some of my colleagues, Julie Hartman will be sitting in. Julie is this wunderkind, 22 years old. I do a podcast with her. If you want to get an idea about her and you want to get an idea, a, a way of looking at me that you may never have actually approached because she brings out things uh, uh, in me that you will enjoy and find interesting. We do a dialogue every week podcast called Dennis and Julie. It's on, you can watch it. It's fun to watch. It's on YouTube, Dennis and Julie, or you could just hear it at the Salem, what, what is it, which, what, what Salem Network or any network, Salem Podcast Network, Dennis and Julie. A lot of things going on. Yesterday I was on Tim Pool. Very, very popular. Give you an idea how popular there were about 300,000 people watching it live on YouTube. So there'll be hundreds of thousands more who will see it, uh, the recording of it. And a lot of young people who had been misled about me finally got to hear me directly. And it affected a lot of them. As I read to you some of the comments, I'd love you to show this. 
to uh, your college age child or grandchild or nephew or niece, I think it's uh, be a very powerful thing for them to see uh, me in dialogue with some hip guys. So it's uh, the uh, Tim Cast. That's what it's called because it's Tim Tim Pool. Uh, here's an example of a reaction. Let's see, Paul in Roseville, California. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Uh, again, you're talking to the uh, grandson of the executive officer of the USS Indianapolis. Always like to tell you that, so you know who you're talking yes. to, because we've talked Thank several you. times. Yes, last night was beautiful, and I, I'm 56 year old grandfather. We have a 28 year old son who's a lieutenant in the Navy. Station in Japan. We have a 26-year-old daughter who I'm having lunch with right now. And I just want to echo the summit. Here's two things I want to bring up. The cut flowers culture was beautiful. I mean, I put that on my Facebook today. I love that. And that's been around mm. since 1951, apparently. Right? It's been a while. Yep. And now here we are. We're living it. We're living it. And then the other the other one was the uh, the amount of children that liberals and conservatives are having and what effect that's going to be. But then the bottom line for me, Dennis, was it was so beautiful to see you talking to people that are young enough to be your children. And the amount of respect you had from you were a total rabbi last night. You were on fire. And they were, too. It was a great episode. We right. watched Tim well, for months. So I loved it last night. As a, you know, You're one of my heroes. But you have the Genesis. We have the Exodus. We're looking forward to Deuteronomy. You are incredible. So I just want to say, well, it's very kind. All right, I'm going to let you go because I, uh, I, I don't know how many compliments I could take within uh, within two minutes. I'm very touched, but I I wanted you to tell people about last night because I want people to watch it and send it to young people. The only way we can save this country is by changing minds. And by giving the people who agree with us the intellectual ammunition to fight. There's nothing to do with me. There's there's no money in it for me. There's no ego in it for me. But I, I know how to articulate these values well. It's a gift that I've been given and I use. And when you see it with uh, young people who are, you know, not religious, who are with it, uh, it's it's very powerful. So it's the Tim Pool uh, podcast, Tim Cast with Dennis Prager on YouTube, or straight at the at the Tim Cast. Since I'm not uh, going to be on tomorrow, I welcome your calls on any subject as if it were a Friday third hour. I asked a question last hour, which is really really important and worthy of your consideration why would why does the left support vaccinations for children as young as 6 months i mean vaccinations against covid and and right wing parents oppose it as a general rule it's, there's no 100% but it's overwhelmingly likely in that case I was reading to you from the Daily Mail, which exactly uh, said that. That's what prompted it. 
there have been there has been pressure to get COVID vaccines approved for even the youngest children for months, especially from sections of the left wing media. Just a few more lines from this piece. Earlier this year, Dr. Michael Carilla. Alan, let's get this uh, doctor on. Who previously sat on the panel, that's the FDA panel, was one of the few members to refuse to approve COVID jabs for 5 to 11-year-olds. He told Daily Mail at the time that while he thinks children with certain conditions that put them at a high risk should receive the shot, It was not clear if they should be approved for healthy children. That's interesting. Finally, a survey carried out last month found that just 18% of parents would, quote, definitely, unquote, get their child who was less than five years old the COVID vaccine. Almost two in five parents said they would refuse to get their child inoculated or only to do so when it was required. Now that, I find that amazing. So you wouldn't give your child under five the COVID vaccine, but if the government said you had to, you would. If, if that is accurate, we're in trouble. I mean, we are in trouble, but we're in deeper trouble than I thought. You would, you would determine you would do something you think was harmful to your child because the government told you to do so? Is this thing accurate? I, I don't know. Two, two in five parents, it's almost half of parents, said they would refuse to get their child inoculated or only do so when it was required. So, do you agree with that? Do you believe this statistic? Two in five parents said they wouldn't give their under five-year-old the vaccine, but if the government required it, they would? Wow. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a scary, uh, scary thing. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Tim, hello. Hi, my name is Ken. Oh, not Tim. Ooh, all right. The screener got it wrong. <laughs> Hi, Ken. Hi, Dennis. I just wanted to say you've made uh, invaluable life changes in me uh, listening to you um, over the years. And I just Thank want to you. Good. Show my, say my appreciation. Um, Thank you. I think it's become a class issue when it comes to this vaccine stuff. Uh, I mean, you can look at. All right. Tell me that I'm going to keep you on. I'm keeping you on. As I will be flying home tomorrow from my appearance here in South Carolina for 94.5, The Answer in Greenville, I um, I've decided just to make this hour sort of like the Friday third hour, ask me whatever you would like or raise whatever issue you would like. I'm Dennis Prager, and let's see here. Okay, Louisville, Kentucky. Steve, hello. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, Steve. I was on with... Uh, Tim, yes, Tim in Pittsburgh. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I just wanted to say, so so-called conservatives have been the first to, to get in line to get this vaccine. Uh, Hugh Hewitt, Gallagher, uh, Hannity, you know, 
and maybe it's because some of the media has become a cultured class. Much to your credit, Dennis, you staying strong and not getting the vaccine was inspiring for, for your audience and for me particularly. Well, so wait, so the, the point is that it's more uh, a class issue than a Democrat-Republican issue? Yes. That's what you're saying. That's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting question. It became pretty rapidly, even uh, I didn't know about any of the ones you mentioned. Obviously, I know all three of them very well. I did not know whether they were vaccinated or not. And I, I trust you. Uh, but uh, the the issue is not even whether they got vaccinated. That's not the issue I'm raising. Uh, these are not kids after all. Uh, the the issue is whether or not they believed in mandates. What a person decides in his life is not ju- is not often uh, a a left right issue. Whether the government can force you to do it is a left right issue. So I I would argue that a cons- a conservative a wealthy conservative. So if you want to talk class issue, I think a wealthy conservative would oppose government mandates, whereas a working class liberal would be for it. So I don't know. I think a lot of these things are class issues. I think climate change is entirely a class issue. Bored, wealthy, white people uh, are greens. So... I acknowledge that in many cases, but I don't think in this case. So I don't have an issue with older people taking the vaccine. Uh, I I could have, uh, if I talked to them privately, I would have told them my misgivings. I think I turned out to be right. My misgivings were warranted. I don't think it did a damn thing for most people, and I think it hurt a number of people. I I know I keep reading about people who are healthy like athletes really healthy take the vaccine and shortly thereafter just drop dead it may be a coincidence I fully acknowledge that I'm not being cute it may well be I don't think it is but it may well be I know a man who was not young but who was extremely healthy and uh I am convinced that died of the vaccine shortly after taking it. I have a friend who's had a stent for a decade or more. He's doing perfectly fine. No, no change in his status. Got the vaccine and shortly thereafter needed a quadruple or triple bypass. I don't remember which it was. May have saved lives too. It may have. I don't know. But uh, again, the left-right difference is, should we give it to those who have no choice, like children under five? Should we mandate it? You be, you're fired? You are let go? I don't think any of the people you mentioned, my colleagues and Hannity, I don't think any of them supported that the armed forces kick out members of the armed forces who wouldn't get a vaccine. That would shock me. So that's, I think there is a huge left-right difference on this issue. Anyway, I'm glad you called. Uh, Ken in Pittsburgh, appreciate it. 
Now we'll go to Steve in Louisville. Hello, Steve. Yes, Dennis. I think you're awesome. I think you should run for president, but the left would probably kill your family or but whatever. My question to you is, you oftentimes refer to the left, and I wish you would give me like a definition, not, not a definition, a list of people. I think it's like George Soros, Barack Obama, and then the Chinese uh, Communist Party, because they have so much money that they infiltrate our society and pay people. I, you know, it's a huge deal, but could you give me a list of who you think? Yeah, of? well, it's it's really not hard. Uh, th- this, this is fairly easily identified. The vast majority of the professors of your universities, the vast majority of teachers of your kids in, in high schools and elementary schools, especially the females, uh, the uh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the, the virtually every the L.A. Times, Chicago Tribune, virtually any any medium, uh, virtually any Democrat. Democrats used to have a mixture of left and liberal. Uh, the the handful of liberals like Joe Manchin who saved this country from horrifically greater inflation should be regarded as a profile in courage. People often don't admire people who are living. They wait till they die. Except the left, they now smear the great people who died. Reading uh, Douglas Murray's The War Against the West, and he's describing the smearing of men he considers the greatest leader of the 20th century, Winston Churchill. And it, it's, a, it's an incredible thing, actually, to show the utterly and totally distorted, broken, misleading moral compass of the left to want to tear down statues of, of uh, Winston Churchill, not to mention George Washington, etc. Colorado Springs, Valerie, hello. Hi, Dennis, how are you? I wanted well, to let thank you know that you. my sister-in-law got the Pfizer vaccine, her second shot on a Saturday, Monday afternoon, she died of a heart attack. No other symptoms, she was completely healthy, and I have gotten the vaccine, I've had no health issues, but it is definitely out there. So the big question, and I'm very sorry about that. It's a terrible story. But Thank the you, big, the, not Yes. The big question is, was there any medical inquiry into the reason for her death? They did do an autopsy. They just found that it was a heart attack, but didn't find anything underlying for an underlying condition. So it's just a coincidence. Apparently, a bad one, but yes, apparently. Right. Okay. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. 
Flynn, three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.